the alley-oops at Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off-season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cutback. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. We finished block two of training camp. It got me thinking, who are the 49ers whose stock is rising? So that's right, stock up 49ers in this episode. We're going to focus on the guys who are making steps in the right direction to help the 49ers in the 2023 season. And there's a lot of guys that have stepped up. And so to be on this list, You have to be somebody that even if we were expecting you to be great, you're already looking like you're exceeding that. Or if we were expecting nothing from you, you're already showing, you know, that you're on the right track to potentially help this football team in 2023. And the 49ers have a lot of names. As I was going through and just thinking about who I've seen making impacts at training camp, I started to realize that there were more offensive players that were going to be on this list. Part of the reason is, right, there's just more opportunities for the offensive players because uh, the defensive starters are so good, so we already expect so much from them. But when it comes to the offense, there are certain positions where there were question marks or young players that we wanted to see if they were going to elevate their game. This is going to be fun. I'm going to go through the players, uh, talk about them, and just give a really good idea of where they're at and how they're improving and why they are stock up. 49ers and I couldn't start this list without starting with Brandon Ayuk because even though it was expected for Brandon Ayuk to take another step forward he is going above and beyond that uh, requirement he is tearing it up and I think that everything fits right now for Ayuk number one he's extremely comfortable within this offense His expectations for what he can do on each route, you can tell he understands what he's going to be doing. He knows what his goal is on every route between uh, how he's going to produce leverage to how he's going to get out of his break and create separation because of his body and the way that he's built it up physically. He can now get off of really tight coverage. He's very physical, and he was throwing cornerbacks around. I mean, Ambry Thomas was in his kitchen, and he just threw him off and was able to make a catch. To me, Brandon Ayuk is looking the best I've ever seen him. And you can see it from not just the way he looks, but the way he carries himself, how he interacts with his teammates, and how he runs his routes. When he said he was set for takeoff, he was not joking. Brandon Ayuk looks like the best wide receiver in 49ers camp. And that's saying a lot because Debo looks like the best version of himself. Debo's in the best shape. Debo's running the best routes. Debo looks comfortable as well. And yet, Ayuk is getting all the attention. And the reason is, Ayuk is ascending in front of our very eyes. One of the things Kyle Shanahan was doing when he was continuing to put pressure on Brandon Ayuk was trying to bring this out of him. When Fred Warner went to Ayuk last year and kind of called him out a little bit, Ayuk didn't like it. But Ayuk responded, and he even got into a fight with Fred Warner last year. That's the kind of intensity we're starting to see from Ayuk. When he was calling out the players wearing white jerseys, which is the defense, before training camp, it just showed a mindset and attitude 
that Ayuk has carried into camp. So right now, Brandon Ayuk's stock is through the roof. This is the best version of him, and we already saw a very good version in 2022, a wide receiver that produced over a 1,000 yards, and that's even with so many talented players like Kittle and McCaffrey. Kittle getting 11 touchdowns, and McCaffrey you know, getting a ton of catches once he joined the 49ers uh, the week of the Kansas City game there in October. So the 49ers have to be really excited about Brandon Ayuk, and he just makes it easier for everyone else that's on offense. Because if you're going to pay attention to Ayuk, you're going to leave open opportunities for everyone else. So Ayuk stock way up. Next up, Trey Lance. Trey Lance's stock is going up as well. Uh, the consistency that I've seen over him, he's been able to put a few days of practice together. He did, of course, have you know a couple of bad days. A lot of it has to do with his short throws. But to me, he's been a lot more consistent than I've ever seen him. And I've been going to training camp pretty much every single practice since 2021. And I thought there were moments in 2021 where he would flash and you would see that greatness that he could possibly be, those long throws down the field to Trent Sherfield and others as he took shots. Uh, he's kind of matured since then where he was more of a vertical passing wizard and he would get the ball deep down the field to now he can handle more of the intermediate. He's more comfortable going over the middle of the field. He's willing to take chances on routes to the outside. To me, Trey Lance is the best version of himself. A uh, couple of reasons why, I'm sure. Number one, in 2021, that was the last time that he was physically healthy going into training camp, and now we're at that category again. So I think Trey Lance is healthy. He understands this offense inside and out. Going into year three within Kyle Shanahan's offense, Trey should understand every single aspect of this offense, and that will help him feel comfortable and confident. And I think that's what I've seen the most from Trey Lance uh, these six days of practice is a player that feels comfortable and confident in the 49ers offense and then is able to distribute to playmakers no matter who's in there with them, no matter if he's with the ones, the twos, it doesn't matter. Trey Lance has looked comfortable and confident, and I think that's good news for the 49ers because now we're going to get an idea of potentially Trey's uh, a level of skill that he can produce on the field, and I think we everyone wants to see that and we're going to have the joint practices versus the Raiders, which are going to be exciting because we're going to get to hear about these quarterbacks. But also, once we get into the preseason, because Trey Lance right now is slotted as quarterback too, it gives the opportunity for Kyle Shanahan to play him a lot more during the preseason. Same goes with Sam Darnold. Uh, we're going to get to see these guys out there. And I think stock is way up for Trey Lance because of the way he's carrying himself, the confidence at which he's making his throws, and the fact that he's consistently making those throws. Does he have things to clean up? Yes, I think all quarterbacks on the 49ers do. But to me, Trey Lance stock up. Best we've seen from him. All the work he did with Jeff Christensen, great. Brian Greasy and the you know uh, quarterback coaches doing a great job. And so far, Kyle doing a good job of making sure he's distributing uh, the reps because with the way Brock Purdy's schedule is going with two days on and two days off he's done a good job where Brock Purdy this is according to Matt Miyoko has had 88 reps at the quarterback position Trey Lance has had 80 so an eight rep difference between the starting quarterback and the second quarterback I think is a nice ratio and good job by Kyle Shanahan so far to keep it close and Sam Darnold's not that far off Trey Lance's numbers of reps either next up I'm going with another quarterback stock up 
for Brock Purdy. And the reason I have stock up for Brock Purdy is it's not that I think he's already playing at the level that he was playing last season before the injury in the NFC Championship game, but he's back. He's healthy. He's being able to make all the throws you would expect him to make. You can definitely see that there's some rust. There's him getting comfortable within this offense again. But when he has a clean pocket, he's still able to rip it and get it to the receiver where they can run and it's in stride. His intermediate routes have been really good. He's been able to uh, get through the his blitz reads. He sees a blitz coming. He hits his hot, gets it, you know, gets it to where he needs to get it. He was excellent in the red zone in day six, throwing two touchdowns, one to Debo Samuel and one to Jawan Jennings. So I think it's been a really good uh, training camp for Brock Purdy so far because we've seen him go from, hey, this is the first practice. There were some struggles. He was making mistakes. To those mistakes are slowly going away. He's feeling more confident. He's delivering the ball on time. Are there still mistakes? Yes, he's still not back to what we saw Brock Purdy at the end of 2022. But I think that is the trend we're working towards. So his stock is up as he's coming out of this injury on the way up. Where Trey's stock is up because he's just playing better. Uh, Brock's a lot of it is because we could see the development as he's kind of getting over this injury and rehabilitating back into that quarterback that the 49ers really got fond of in 2022. Do I think uh, Brock's going to get better as training camp persists? Yes, I'm curious what joint practices with the Raiders will look like for Brock Purdy. The stats for him and Trey Lance and Sam Darnold are not going to tell the complete picture of how these guys are developing. But if Brock has really good joint practices with the Raiders, it's likely we won't see a lot of him in preseason, which means Trey Lance and Sam Darnold will get a lot of those reps. So uh, Purdy trending in the right direction. He's got to keep it going. He's got to eliminate some of the mistakes, including the cardinal rule of throwing back uh, to the middle of the field when you're rolling out those are dangerous throws and they almost resulted in an interception for brock purdy so he's got to work on that but i think he can so stock up coming back from the injury huge stock up for me this has been one of my favorite ones to watch at camp has been danny gray early on danny gray wasn't really fitting into the 49ers offense as far as they weren't getting him the football that has changed or changed during block two the block one was the first three days of practice Block two, since uh, we've gotten into pads, Danny Gray has played at a very high level. He's caught passes from every single one of these quarterbacks, and we've seen him run every sort of route. So he's had the vertical game where he's went over the top. He was overthrown by Brock Purdy in Purdy's first practice. That would have been a touchdown. Uh, but he's caught some, you know, some comebacks, some crossers. He caught one crosser in stride, and that's when it was like, oh, wow, look at this dynamic speed that Danny Gray has. He caught the ball. He blitzed past every single safety that was standing right there that thought they had an angle to close on him. And he was ended up being uh, stopped down the field by a corner. But it was a tremendous play. And I think it just illustrates the dynamic ability that Danny Gray has, which I think everyone understood that speed was real. But what is on display now is he's a he's becoming a complete wide receiver. The same way we've seen growth from Brandon Ayuk from year to year to year, it is a huge development for Danny Gray from year one to year two. His routes are crisper. He looks cleaner. He's more physical. He blocks better. He has better hands. Uh, everything about Danny Gray is trending on the upside. I'm really excited about his development within this 49ers offense. 
And in day six, Danny Gray, Kyle Shanahan ran him in a lot of verticals. When they went to a three wide receiver set, uh, they were going a three by one look. They sent Danny Gray up the seam and he was able to help this uh, bring the, carry the safety deep and allow underneath routes for Debo Samuel and others, including Brandon Ayuk. And they resulted in big gains. So we've seen Kyle putting Danny Gray with the number ones, using his vertical ability, and then later coming back. And when he would, it would look like he was running that vertical and he would break it off and they would throw it underneath and he'd make a catch because you would have tremendous separation because as a cornerback, you have to respect that speed to go deep. If they eliminate that cushion too early and he gets on top of you, it's lights out, if, especially if you don't have safety help. So if you're in quarters, you're in cover three, and he gets behind you, good luck. Danny Gray, as long as it's an accurate throw, is scoring a touchdown on that play. And I think that's what the 49ers love about Danny Gray's potential. And he can really excel no matter who the quarterback is because he's not limited to just running vertical routes. He's got it all, and he's put the full body together. You see him in year one compared to year two. He's more muscular. He's uh, definitely more capable of handling everything the 49ers are throwing at him. It's a different Danny Gray stock trending way up. Uh, another wide receiver whose stock is trending in the right direction is Chris Conley. And Conley's been around for a while, and he's another guy that has really elite speed. He was a 4-3 guy coming out of college. He's over six foot three, so he's got that height and speed that the 49ers have been looking for for a while. They've tried a bunch of different versions, including trying guys like Kevin White, who are tall, who can really move. Kyle likes having a little bit of length with at least one of his receivers. That's why Jawan Jennings at six foot two is somebody that Kyle counts on, especially in the red zone, just as he caught a touchdown pass in day six of practice. But Chris Conley has been very consistent in catching the football, getting separation, getting open in the red zone. And I think his stock is going up. And I think that's good news for the 49ers. But it's also going to create a predicament. Because are you going to keep five wide receivers like you did last year? Keeping a third quarterback could potentially put one of these wide receivers at risk. Here we're talking about two guys on the rise in Danny Gray and Chris Conley. Well, if Ray Ray McLeod, Juwan Jennings, Debo, and Brandon Ayuk all make the roster, which it really seems like it's going to be, and they only can keep five, it's going to come down to Danny Gray and Chris Conley, whose stock is really going up. And we haven't even talked about a guy like Ronnie Bell, who's had a couple of good practices. I didn't put him on this list as a riser because I thought he was getting a lot of hype coming into training camp, and I thought we've seen moments of that but we haven't seen the consistency to make him a riser right now. But Conley, we have. And I think Conley's addition with that speed is impressive. Now, the one difference between Danny Gray and Chris Conley's speed is when Danny Gray catches the football, he can be at a complete stop and get going in a hiccup. And he's down the field making a big-time play. With Conley, it takes him a second to get going. Once he gets in stride, though, it's going to be really hard to keep up with him. So... Conley moving in the right direction, Danny Gray as well. And Conley, another thing that has to be kept into account is how good he is as a physical blocker. He is somebody that can bring levels of blocking that are similar to what you get from guys like 
uh, Jawan Jennings and Brandon Ayub. That physicality, he's not a Kendrick Bourne who's going to give effort, but struggle with the actual uh, block itself. Conley is capable of getting it done. So I've, I like Chris Conley, him and Danny Gray, both arrows up, stock rising for them. At the running back position, stock rising uh, for Ty Davis-Price. Ty Davis-Price, the first day of practice, showed up and showed out, and he's continued that. Now, I think a lot of people thought maybe he had a dip uh, there in day two, but I didn't believe so. I thought they'd keep working on certain things and techniques that he needs to continue to get better at, and I think he has. So Danny Gray, is, or, I'm sorry, Ty Davis-Price is somebody that I think is securing himself a roster spot because his vision is at a different level this year. His confidence and his ability to look comfortable in the middle of the 49ers offense has been on display. He has been pressing to the line of scrimmage, getting his cuts. He's been going the right direction. I think they've really been working on his feel. They've been working on his angles. There was one play. He was running an outside zone, and Sam Darnold was under center. And Darnold kind of came out from under the center a little lackadaisical. I don't know if it was a bad snap or what. I wasn't paying attention to that exact exchange. But Ty Davis-Price was flying out of there. And Darnold barely got him the football. But with that angle that he had, he was right on the fullback's hip. The fullback made the block. He was able to explode down the field for a positive gain. And I thought, wow, look at Ty Davis-Price displaying that speed that I think the 49ers have been hoping he was going to be able to show. So uh, patience, explosion, and speed have been on display for Ty Davis-Price. And he's been catching the football in the backfield at a pretty good rate. Him and Jordan Mason have both improved for sure. When it comes to the running back position, I didn't put you know Christian McCaffrey on this list because McCaffrey, we all know how special he is. I didn't put Elijah Mitchell on here, even though he is recovering from injury, and I could have done the same thing that Brock Purdy did, you know, just overcoming injury. But I thought Elijah Mitchell's looked really good, and so is Jordan Mason. But I think they were to be expected, so it's not exactly stock up. It's kind of stock where you expect it to be for those guys. Stock up for an offensive tackle on the list. Who would have thought we would have stock up on offensive linemen in San Francisco? I think it's one of the, the funnest things uh, to show is how good this offensive line is getting. You have the four guys who are holdovers from the 2022 season, Trent Williams, Aaron Banks, Jake Brendel, Spencer Burford. But there's question marks at right tackle. And I don't know if there should be any question marks at right tackle because another stock up guy is Colton McKivitz. Uh, Colton McKivitz stock is going up in a big way. He's handling himself in one-on-ones and, I'm not one of those guys that puts tremendous stock in one-on-one drills because you're kind of out on an island. When you're in that situation, the, the, the defensive player, he knows it's a pass rush. Uh, you know, the offensive player usually has a heads up because he understands that it's either a run or pass. He has an advantage knowing it can be either or, no matter what the situation. When in this case, the defender knows. So he's going to get off the ball quickly and he's going to you know, eat up your... Uh, your space that you've created in your kick slide. So I think it's a little bit more difficult for offensive players in one-on-one. So I don't put huge stock in it. But what I do watch is technique, how they handle themselves, hand placement, you know, how they handle each particular kind of rush. Because you can have a speed rush going around the outside 
And sometimes these offensive tackles, you know, are able to stymie them and stop them there. Sometimes they have to run them on by. Sometimes they have to make sure that player doesn't break back to the inside. So there's a lot of different footwork things that you watch. And I think Colton McKivitt's technique has been tremendously solid. Uh, when he has to, he runs players around the outside. When they try to make an inside move, he goes ahead and he breaks them down and he stops it right there. When they try to get him with the bull rush, he's been able to anchor. Has he gotten beaten sometimes? Of course he has. Like I said, those one-on-one drills are difficult. Has he gotten beaten team sometimes? Yes, he has. And you expect that to happen when you're getting this many reps. I mean, the, the realistic point of view is as an offensive lineman, you're going to get beat. And when you get beat, it's magnified to the utmost levels. If you if you're you could be good 99% of the time, that one time that you give up, you know, a sack, it could be so pivotal. So uh, there's no real room for error for a guy like Colt McKivitz, but I've been impressed with him and his pass blocking. And I've also been a very happy with what he's been doing in the run game. I think that's been a concern. Was he going to be able to get movement at the point of attack? He definitely has been able to get movement. And I think the 49ers are feeling comfortable and confident. It is a definite upgrade over Mike McGlinchey as far as pass protection and that he's got to reach Mike McGlinchey's level in the run game. He's not there yet, that's for sure. McGlinchey was special. He was top 10 run blocker in the NFL. And so I think that Colt McKivitz will get better as training camp goes on. But I think everyone can be cautiously optimistic that he's going to actually improve the 49ers offensive line overall with this consistent uh, pass sets and pass protection. So Colt McKivitz stock way up from what I've seen. And the crazy thing is, right, that's only like a couple of days in pads, but we just seen the way he handles himself. And you could tell he feels confident and he feels comfortable that he's doing the right things and that his techniques are sound. Another offensive tackle that I want to have on the list as stock up is Jalen Moore. And unfortunately, Jalen Moore went with an injury. We'll wait and hear what happened with his left knee. Uh, He did walk off the field very gingerly, but he did walk out under his own power, and then they carded him for further observation. At some point, we'll find out what's going on with Jalen Moore once Kyle Shanahan has a press conference and people start asking questions about injured players because there are several that have been missing practice. But until then, I'm going to say Jalen Moore's been having a really good training camp. Good enough that I think he was very solid selection for the sixth offensive lineman on the team. I think him and uh, John Feliciano were locks with the way that they've been playing. And I think stock is definitely up for Jalen Moore. The way he's looked in the past uh, protection game, he's looked very confident and comfortable. He was moving people in the run game. So I thought Jalen Moore had taken a huge step in year three. And I'm very optimistic about what he could be. So I'm hoping that the injury is not serious, that he's going to be able to come back because I think he's a solid backup option for Trent Williams. And his stock has been going up because of his consistency at practice and the way he's handled himself. He's been able to do all the things you want him to do uh, at a high level. Does he still get beat? Yes. Uh, that That's definitely something that still happens. But uh, what are you expecting from a backup offensive line? I think all you can expect is a improvement for your backup offensive lineman. And I think Jalen Moore has definitely improved. So stock up for him and then stock up for John Feliciano. I think everyone was expecting him to be able to be a solid player. But from what I've seen of him being able to play left guard, right guard, and center, he doesn't miss a beat. Uh, He can anchor in those situations, good at pass blocking. 
He's a, a bull as far as you know, run blocking. He gets movement. So Feliciano, stock up. I want to flip to the defensive side of the football. There's not going to be as many names, uh, but the impact is going to be felt just the same. Drake Jackson is stock up. I mean, yes, everyone was hoping Drake Jackson was going to be a force opposite of Nick Bosa. And what we've seen from Drake Jackson is the explosivity is there. He gets off the line of scrimmage tremendously fast. He's been able to pressure the offensive tackles to bail really quickly, get that distance on their slide, and try to you know get out there to him. And then he's what he started doing is using either a single arm, which allows you to get into the chest plate of the offensive tackle, and then use a move off of that. Of course, you can always drive him straight back, but that takes tremendous power and leverage to be able to do. Or he's been doing an inside move where he'll throw a rip in there or he'll use a spin move. Uh, the spin move has been the most dynamic for him in the pass rush game. And I think he's displaying more pass rush skills and better hands than we saw in his rookie season. And I also believe that added strength is helping him a lot to be able to use leverage and displace the offensive lineman, maybe get them off balance so he can use his tremendous athletic ability to help. So Jackson's look good there. And then the question marks for Jackson was, can he be a three down defensive end for the 49ers? My question marks have been, how is he going to look going against the run? Could he set the edge? Could he be you know, consistent in making sure that he clamped down and don't allow them to get a, any sort of a push and create a hole off tackle? And I thought Drake Jackson's done pretty good at that right now. I don't think he's a finished product, but you can see the work he's played in. He gets really good leverage, you know, and when that offensive lineman or, or tight end vacate, he's been able to squeeze it down. So he's understanding his role and handling it at a high level. So Drake Jackson is stock up. Do I know for sure that he's going to be, you know, an answer that's going to produce eight to 10 sacks? I don't know that for sure. I think there's going to be more practice to illustrate that. But do I think he can now be a three-down defensive end for the 49ers and produce opposite of Nick Bosa? Yes, I do. So we could at least get Samson Ebucom kind of numbers out of Drake Jackson. And that's only through two padded practices. So there's still a lot that needs to be developed and a lot that needs to be revealed. But I think it's good news for the 49ers that Drake Jackson is stock up. Next up, Javon Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw is just a different dude. Uh, watching this guy at practice, it, last year I thought he was back. You should have seen him, how healthy he was. He was jumping around out there, but he would be missing practices. Uh, and even when he was out there, he played with great power and great leverage, but you didn't see the quickness. Well, guess what? The quickness is there. I mean, this guy is moving around at practice. If you could see Javon Kinlaw, you would be like, uh-huh, yep, yep, that's the guy the 49ers were drafting at 14 overall. That's who they thought they were going to get. He finally looks like the player the 49ers were expecting to get. He's flying around. He took a rep at defensive end and made an absolute spectacular move on the outside. When he goes against the second team offensive line, no matter who's the guard, he walks them back into the quarterback. The strength is too much. The speed has been on display. Yeah, the 49ers got a huge uh, one, two, three now between Armstead, Hargrave, and Kinlaw. It's spectacular. You know, we should be talking about all kinds of defensive linemen because the Niners have so many talented ones. But when it comes down to it, Ken Law is playing out of his mind. Now, it's all according to his injury. As long as that knee stays healthy, Ken Law is going to be an absolute beast. 
but I think we can be really optimistic because he's not having maintenance days. Through his first three years in the in the NFL, he had so many days off because his knee was bothering him. He could just never get healthy. He looks the most healthy. He looks the best in the best shape I've ever seen him. He looks in the best mental state I've ever seen him. The guy is just living it. He's wearing shades out there. He's enjoying life. And I'll tell you right now, his hand technique, he's taking it to another level. The work he did during the offseason is on display. Javon Kinlaw, as long as he can stay healthy, and that's the big if, is going to make a huge impact for the 49ers in 2023. I'll tell you right now, Javon Kinlaw, if he can play the way that he's been displaying at training camp, is probably going to get a big contract during the offseason. Uh, I don't know if it'll be from the 49ers, but it'll be from somebody because that's how good he's looked. Big props to Kinlaw for all the work he's done. Big props to the 49ers training staff and Chris Kasarek and uh, Daryl Tapp. They've worked with him. And yeah, Kinlaw, stock, way up. Hopefully it, it, it happens and he keeps going. And maybe we'll see a little bit of, of it in training camp now that he's with the twos. Uh, but wow, imagine that. Javon, uh, Javon Hargrave needs a break. And Javon Kinlaw comes in there, and you're still good against the run. And now Javon Kinlaw can provide pass rush. Spectacular. Absolutely love it. And then in the secondary, I want to go with Diameter Lenore. Uh, Lenore last year was trying to find his place. Is he an outside corner? Is he a nickel? Uh, this year, he is the bona fide stud star uh, cornerback opposite of Mooney Ward. Uh, the work he's been putting in has been on display. His extra work with defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes, him and Charvarius Ward, we work with Wilkes uh, pretty extensively while the rest of the team is working on special teams, which solidifies where they believe Diameter Lenore is. But you can see how comfortable he is playing his position and the kind of the conversation he has with other players. Uh, he's, he's going through, making the reads, and that's helping him be a better football player. But I think Diameter Lenore looks the most confident I've ever seen him. He's playing the best I've ever seen him. And that's good news because the 49ers have question mark at corner. I know we saw Lenore do it at the end of the season. I think we're all optimistic that he could carry that over. But it was just the year before in 2021 that we had the same thoughts about Ambry Thomas and it didn't work out. Well, Diamond Lenore is putting it out there that, hey, yeah, it's it's working out. I'm the guy. I'm going to be the guy. And I think the 49ers like where Lenore is because right now there's no one really challenging him for that second cornerback spot. They've got talented guys behind him, but no one is right up there potentially taking Demo's spot. It's Demo, uh, Space, everybody else. So Mooney Ward, Demo, everybody else. Uh, I think that you know the other guys have been consistent, and we've seen them play pretty good. Ambry Thomas has looked better than last year. So, I mean, you could throw him as a stock up. Womack looks good. Um, Talano Hufanga looks great. I mean, he looks spectacular, but I think that's expected. Isaiah Oliver's... Uh, looking like expected, at least what I expected. So if you've been on the channel, you know how I feel about Isaiah Oliver. So to me, Lenore has been one of those defensive players stock up. And then with the linebackers, uh, the young guys, I think it's just too early to say stock up on those guys, even though they've been definitely playing better as practice has been going on. You see them getting more comfortable. I think after block three, we'll really have a good idea how much their stock is up. And once we get into football games where they can actually make tackles, because right now it's hard to evaluate how good a linebacker is going to be at tackling. If we haven't seen them do it in a game, it's yeah, we've seen them do it in college, but tackling in the NFL is different. 
And so until we see that, we won't know exactly. But so far, footwork, uh, understanding the flow of the you know where they're supposed to be, and being in the right positions, they've done pretty good. They've all improved as far as uh, in the pass coverage game as well. So that's D winners, Jalen Graham, Marcelino McCurry Ball, all improving. I'm not ready to say stock up yet, but I am liking the way it's trending. Now, the last player on the list for stock up is Jake Moody. Jake Money Moody is stock up in a big way. I've seen him hit over the last couple days of practice a 57-yard field goal with plenty of room to spare and a 60-yard field goal that traveled another 10 yards over a fence and hit a bus. The dude just has a tremendous leg. He was upset that he missed a 43-yard field goal and was 5 of 6. But the way that he's going about his business and handling his craft, he's spectacular. And, you know, I've talked about a little bit about the way that it's going to help the 49ers offense because now from further away, hey, you're 4th and 3. Yeah, this would be a 57-yard field goal, or you could try to go for it or pin them back defensively. Now you, you can kick that field goal. Uh, with Robbie Gold, that was out of his range, so the 49ers would probably punt or take a chance on fourth down, which I think most fans would like Kyle Shanahan to do. But a lot of times it meant Mitch Wisnowski came on, he punted, they tried to pin him back. Sometimes it would work out, they'd get him inside the 20. Other times they'd bring it back out to the 20, and it would only net you like 26, 27 yards. So I think the the 49ers getting Jake Moody it was great, but a lot of people had question marks. Hey, this is a third-round guy. Well, if he kicks the way he's kicking at training camp right now and making the field goals like he's making, he's going to be worth that third-round pick, and I don't think anyone will question it anymore because he's going to add points to this 49ers football team. He's going to make it easier for Kyle Shanahan to call plays and make it more comfortable for him to take some chances. I think Moody has been just what the doctor ordered, and there's no question as of right now that he's living up to those expectations. He has to go do it in the regular season. He has to kick those clutch field goals. He has to make those clutch playoff field goals that Robbie Gold was so good at. But I think just the fact that you're saving money and you got a guy that has more boom is going to help you not only on field goals and extra points, but also on kickoffs as well with a hang time of 4.3, which is really good NFL uh, level. So Jake Moody stock way up. Very excited about that. So that's the episode. Stock up players, lots on offense, some on defense. But I didn't mention guys on defense like Warner, Greenlaw, Hufanga, you know, Tashawn Gibsons, because they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're all spectacular already, and I don't think they've played beyond our expectations for them. But the guys I did mention, hey, their stock is going up. They're playing better than anticipated, and that's good news for the 49ers. Hopefully, we'll continue to get more stock up players, especially once we start going through the preseason. We can see some of these guys you know, take another step forward. Some are going to make this team, and some aren't. You do know it's easier to make the team if you're stock up. So thanks for watching. Four Yards Cutback on Believe. I really appreciate everyone that listens. If you have the opportunity, uh, like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, give a five-star rating on audio platforms. I really appreciate everything you guys do. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers way.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.